Welcome to the Empowered Eating and Living Podcast, where we dive into your inner world to explore all of the psychological, emotional, energetic, and spiritual components that may be influencing your struggle with food and eating. I'm your host, Sarah Emily Spears, a trained psychotherapist and energy worker who recovered from my own eating disorder. And now I help women just like you do the inner work to address the real issues keeping you stuck in your problematic eating patterns. Because I assure you, your problem with food is about way more than food. So join me and guest experts as we discuss the psychology of eating and healing and empower you with tangible steps you can take today to begin to improve your relationship with food and yourself from a place of true nourishment and care. Sarah Marie Miller is an educator, certified clinical herbalist, nutritionist, flower essence practitioner, not to mention an overnight postpartum doula, Reiki master, artist, and podcast host of Thyme in the Studio. She loves helping folks be more resilient, happy, and healthy through plant connection, nourishment, rest, creativity, and self-care. I am so excited for you to hear this conversation with Sarah, not only because she has such fascinating knowledge about plant medicine in the forms of herbs and flower essences, but also because she gives you some tangible things that you can start today to do to not only kindle a relationship with plants and their personalities, but to experience the benefit of using plant medicine as part of your healing journey. Enjoy. Hi, Sarah. Welcome. Oh my gosh. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. The Sarah's conversation. <laughs> the Sarah's come together. Which technically is our second because I appeared on your podcast. So we can direct people to, to our conversation on your podcast and they can also tune in here. Yes. It was so fun to talk to you and to hear about your experiences and the way that you share and I love listening to your podcast too. It's such a rich resource and I'm honored to be here. And yeah, my podcast is time in the studio and that'll be going live soon. So I, yeah, I can't wait to share that with the world. Awesome. Me too. And I'm so excited for this conversation because you are a clinical herbalist and you specialize in a plethora of healing modalities that are kind of foreign to me, but I'm fascinated by including flower essence and um, we're going to be diving into all of this, but I want to just give a little background for our listeners about how I first met you, which was in Boulder at Rebe Rebecca's Apothecary, which can you just explain what an apothecary is before I continue? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So an apothecary is, it's my special place. I always love any apothecary. It's generally a place where people make herbal teas, blends, oftentimes um, botanical skincare, and people will have tinctures and different things that just help with uh, holistic well-being. Sometimes people will sell flower essences or essential oils, different bath salts and things. It, it all depends on the apothecary. So Rebecca has been in Boulder for over 18 years now. And I've been there for just over a year, but I've been studying herbal medicine for about seven or eight years. And I just love being there. It's, it's so fun to be able to talk to people about what's going on with them and kind of notice in their body too, what's happening. You can you know, you, you hear what people are saying, but then you also get to see and relate to what's happening physically. And so I get to make tea blends to support people with their health and help them uh, choose flower essences. And then I'm also an educator there and teach different classes about sleep and dreams and uh, the gut microbiome and making food your medicine. So I, I love teaching classes and I, I just love the plants. Like they have transformed my world and my life and my health. And so I love being able to share those experiences 
and the benefits of plants with other people. It's such a such a treat and so fun. And I always get to meet really cool people like you. So it was so fun to have you in class and be able to talk with you more in depth at the apothecary as well. Yeah. So that that is where I met you first was one of your classes where you were teaching how we could incorporate different herbs into our kitchen. And we had fun making herbal salts and herbal infused vinegars and syrups and gummies. And it was so much fun for me. And it was my first introduction to herbalism and the healing properties of herbs. And it has fascinated me. I feel like it's really been just my initial taste of it. And I'm so much hungrier for more and more, which is why I was eager for this conversation because you know, I specialize in doing inner healing that involves emotional processing and energy healing and working with the inner child. And your specialty is also a form of healing, but you're really working with the healing properties of plants in such like a variety of forms. And that is for me, a really nice compliment to the work I do. I feel like they really go hand in hand and I am just excited to be able to share your knowledge. And the second time that I encountered you, I came into Rebecca's, which is a magical place. And you step inside and you just want to like spend hours looking at everything, (laughs) trying everything. And there's so much to discover. And so I decided to have a flower essence blend custom made. And you created the blend for me, which we're going to get into all about flower essence and, and sort of what my blend was like. But I've really enjoyed starting to use these these forms of, of healing medicine from plants. So thank you for the work that you do and introducing me to it. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I feel like plants want us to be curious about them. They want us to engage with them. And that is one thing that our culture has really lost. And it was an intentional loss um, by the medical community you know, over a hundred years ago of trying to eradicate botanical medicine, but that is the way people have healed their bodies around the world for thousands and thousands of years. I, I believe uh, someone found a little medicine pouch of yarrow powder in, uh, in human remains, you know, they found a body and from 60,000 years ago. And this person was carrying a little pouch of yarrow, which is just an incredible, uh, they call it a warrior plant because it helps with emotional boundaries. And it also, the plants work with us. They don't force anything upon the body. They're in conversation with us. So I feel like it's just really incredible to feel how yarrow can, if somebody, for example, with a woman's menstrual cycle, if a if someone is having a really heavy flow, taking yarrow, sometimes it will slow down the flow. In other cases, if someone, um, they're not getting their period and they're waiting for their menses and they're kind of just like, ah, it won't start. If they take yarrow, sometimes it'll bring on bleeding. So the plants are really good at working with us and figuring out what we need. And it's a really fun conversation. So I really think of plants as friends and they work with us on the physical level, on the spiritual level, on the emotional level, the psychological level. Like they just are helping to support us in all these different ways. And they've found that the number one thing that you can do to improve your health, improve your gut microbiome is to eat a variety of plants. So an easy way to do that is just to add an herbal infusion to your day or add a little sprinkle of a few herbs that you just sprinkle on your food just to increase a little bit more of that diversity of plants because they say most Americans eat less than 10 different plants in a week. And our ancestors ate 40, 80, you know, maybe hundreds of different plants because they would be walking around and, you know, nibbling here, nibbling there. And as I've 
come to learn more and more about plants and I, being able to identify them. I People in herb school always called me the rabbit because I was always just like nibbling wherever we went on an herb walk. I would just nibble on this plant, nibble on that plant. Always know, you know, you only eat a plant if you know it's not deadly, you know, only eat what you can identify. But I love connecting with the plants in so many different ways. And they just are really there to support us in all the different realms. So I love to hear that uh, that class sparked your curiosity and that you're, you're starting to engage with them a little bit more and have that curiosity. Yeah. And even as you're speaking, my whole being sort of comes online and lights up with this curiosity and this eagerness to continue to learn because there is so much wisdom in the plants. And I feel some sadness and grief even as you're speaking about how we've really lost this connection to plants and plant medicine, you know, with pharmaceuticals and our more modern ways of healing which unfortunately don't always support us in actually healing the root and they don't always work with our body. You know, they can create so many additional side effects. And as you're speaking about how plants work with your body, it's like, wow, these, these living beings, you know, these life forces have this wisdom, this intelligence in them. And it's just so sad that we don't, utilize this more in our modern culture. I read the book Braiding Sweetgrass, and that really is what also informed for me this desire to reconnect to this, this ancient wisdom that's been around for so long. And I felt this deep longing to reconnect with something that feels like it's inherent in us, like we're meant to have this bonding connection, just like we're meant to have connectivity with humans. I really believe we're, we're meant to have this connectivity with plants, but so many of us are so disconnected from plants and our mindset around food is also really focused on food as fuel or carbs and counting numbers and weight loss that we're not understanding like how to build a true relationship with plants beyond how we've been conditioned to. Mm, yeah, I am with you. I think there is, I have both things. I have a grief that we have lost so many different plants. We have lost so much plant diversity in the world because of over harvesting or not acknowledging um, the majesty of plants. And we've lost so much wisdom of how to work with the plants. You know, I think more and more it's rebuilding, it's coming back online. There's more and more people, you know, there's, I mean, there's almost a frenzy of people wanting to know more about the plants. And I get it. I, I want to learn more too. Like I'm constantly uh, trying to dig in and connect with plants more, connect with other people that know about plants more. And there's just, there's such a rich tapestry of history and so yeah I can relate to that grief but I also feel a hope and an excitement in the air and a curiosity and a courage that people want to empower themselves more to know how can I deal with a cold or a fever rather than rushing to the hospital, you know, if you need to go to the hospital, yes, go to the hospital. But oftentimes, there's so much that we can do for ourselves and for our health to prevent um, having to take it to that next step. And one thing that I learned in herb school that I really cherish, I studied with Paul Bergner was one of many teachers I had. And he always emphasized be a boring herbalist, work with the weeds, work with the plants that are around you. Don't worry about wild exotic plants or trying to do something really far out. Just work with peppermint. See what you can do with peppermint. See what you can do with ginger and thyme. I mean, you don't need to get really extreme. And I always invite people just work with 
maybe one plant or a duo of plants or a little triplet, like just take the herbs in your cabinet and start to combine them and see how they taste together. Maybe a little bit of peppermint with a little bit of yarrow and some licorice, you know, just starting to notice the flavors of the plants, the energy of the plants, because we're working with, you know, we live in a vibrational universe. So we're working with the energy of a person, a place, the situation that's occurring within their body. And the plants are meant to kind of help balance that. So in all the different systems of plant medicine and botanical medicine around the world, they they always talk about different energetics. So in Ayurveda, they talk about Vata Pitta Kapha and in TCM, you know, there's the five elements. And so there's always this understanding of the energy of a person. So for example, here in Colorado, I'm a little bit Pitta, I would say. I have a little bit of a fireiness to me. And and then it's all I'm also living in a very dry place in Colorado. So I it helps me to have a lot of demulcent plants that are kind of ooey gooey and really moistening because it's such a dry place and I have that fieriness. So cooling plants that are a little bit um soothing. So you always want to look at what, who is the person, where are they living? Because where you live impacts things. Like when I was living in New York, I didn't need as many demulsants because the air was demulsant, the air was wet. And so it was like, or like living in Portland, like the air is just like boggy. And so you don't need to compensate with the plants in that way you would want to have more drying plants maybe working with nettle or other things that are more warming and drying so it's just always fun to play with the energetics of uh, a plant and noticing that so I always invite people just start small just start to notice one plant and play with it see have a little curiosity just Maybe you notice a tree on your walk each day and just keep revisiting that tree. Notice it in all the different seasons and, you know, just, just starting to do a little bit more research. Oh, what kind of tree is that? Oh, what, what could I, how could I work with that tree? Oh, it's juniper. Oh, that can be really helpful for the urinary tract system and for uh, kidney flow. So that's, that's interesting. Um, you know, you can just start to learn more about the plants just slowly, you know, it doesn't have to be an overwhelming process of going to a herb school for three years intensely, unless you want to do that, which I loved and, uh, would redo a million times over. It was, wonderful to really focus intensely on the plants but I I think it's also nice to just you know maybe you play with just noticing what's on your walk today and just spending a little bit more time observing the plants or observing the spices in your kitchen so I think it's fun to just follow our curiosity and uh, work in that way absolutely and I am so inspired by this conversation and learning so much as you're sharing, which has only created 50 more questions that I have. <laughs> the first one being, you mentioned cooling plants. Can you give a few examples of what a cooling plant would be just because I'm, I'm curious? Yeah. So I oftentimes, you know, you notice if you make a tea and you work with just one plant at a time, you can start to notice its energy. Um, and some of these, some of the energetics of a plant are controversial. Like some people will say, oh, that's cooling. And other people will say, oh, that's warming. So, you know, every person experiences things differently. So, for example, I think of peppermint and spearmint as very cooling plants. You know, when you think of 
breathing in that menthol it just has uh almost like the temperature of your breath changes and becomes cooler on your exhale as you release that um you know those essential oils into the air from drinking that brew so it's fun to notice um yeah just the the this temperature and the humidity the moisture of a plant so another example is ginger is generally thought of as a little bit or very spicy warming moving dry like it it has a drying kind of uh texture to it so it's just it's fun to start to notice that more and you can play around with your food you know kind of the mouth feel of a soup if you add more coconut oil to it or coconut milk you know coconut is a very cooling plant so in Ayurveda they oftentimes will use coconut to cool things down versus sesame is a little bit warming um or you could work with sunflower and that's a little bit more neutral which as you're sharing this it makes sense when i think about the times oh yeah when i have peppermint you know it's at an indian restaurant and they have peppermints at the the exit and i'll pop mm-hmm. one after you know a spicy meal or coconut water when you're really hot to help you cool down and so a lot of these things we may already be benefiting from or experiencing, but now we get to bring a new level of awareness to our experience and begin to recognize within ourselves, given our unique energetics. And it sounds like the environment, right? Like these, what I'm really learning from you is that these plants are interacting with all of the energies within and without. And so we, you know, get to empower ourselves to really just notice moment by moment or meal by meal, what our experience is. Mm, Yes. And as you say that, it reminds me just of the way that plants beckon us to be more embodied, you know, these different tastes, textures, smells, feelings. It's like peppermint and ginger and yarrow. They're all like, get in your body, be in your body, feel it, feel this conversation we're having, you know, peppermint is like, let's, let's engage, you know? So I think it's, it's so fun to just notice the energy of plants. It feels like they almost have their own personality. Like you get to know the personality of the plant and build this relationship with them. And as you were sharing about the invitation to just become more curious in your own environment or neighborhood, it made me chuckle because, you know, lately I've been going on walks and I do, I like say hi to every plant around me. And that's mm. the new practice of how I'm trying to create more of this connectivity to nature and, and my environment. And I think growing up, we used to laugh at this stereotypical term, the tree hugger. Yeah. And now I'm, you know, fully a tree hugger. Every tree I want to touch and say hi and get to know. And that for me has felt like a sort of an initiation or beginning into my own uh, immersion in this world of, of plants and what they have to teach us. Mm, I love that. That's so exciting to hear. And it makes so much sense too, like, especially as someone who does Reiki, you know, there's just like, a tree has this palpable energy that is just so strong and so resilient and so wise. You know, if we're having a tough day, just lean against a tree, go touch a tree. Like plants are, they do have personalities. And I feel like they can be our friends when we're having a, when we're working through some emotions, plants will be there and they will be by our side without fail. So yeah, you can always lean on lean on your tree friends. I love that. I'm curious for you because you mentioned having your own personal experience where plants really supported you in your own healing. Are you open to sharing a bit just about your own sort of personal experience with 
with these healing medicines? Yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah. So I was living in New York city and I ended up getting Lyme disease, which is so common everywhere. Some people think, oh, Lyme disease only occurs on the East coast, but it is actually, they have shown that it is present on every continent of the world. It is present in every country, in every state. You know, there's definitely some places where the occurrence is more common, but it is present everywhere. And it is something that is ancient. Lyme disease is an ancient, uh, ancient bug. So I just want to put that out there because I think sometimes people forget that, oh, it could, that could be something. And also I'm not super attached to it. I, yes, I had it and I had some health struggles, but I, it brought me to the plants and sometimes getting too wrapped up in a diagnosis isn't really helpful. And that was something that I loved when I was living in New York. I met this herbalist, Richard Mandelbaum, and he has this wonderful herbal school. And I had a couple friends that were studying with him and they were like, oh my gosh, talk to Richard. He's wonderful. And he was so helpful. And, you know, he doesn't care about the label. He's looking again, more at the energy of what's happening with this person and what plants can help balance what's going on with this person. You know, like if you have a very, um, maybe for, if somebody's working through some depression, maybe working with plants that are very uplifting. Like you think of depression as kind of this heavy, boggy, kind of dark energy. And then you have St. John's wort, which is one of the most powerful natural antidepressants. And if you see this flower, it is pure light. It is like bright yellow and it is just radiant. And so it's just so interesting to see, um, to see that. But yeah, so I was called to the plants by uh, sickness, which I think that's very common. Many herbalists are drawn to work with the plants because of having health issues that no one knew what to do with. And so it's a, it's a special journey and I'm so grateful for it because it brought me to where I am now, where I want to help other people to feel wonderful and I just love deepening my connection to the plants and noticing more and more little things about them. Like I'm growing Tulsi basil in my garden and it just took off Tulsi and California poppy and lemon balm and thyme. It was like, okay, that's what I need. And sometimes it's interesting to notice what is around you is oftentimes what your body needs, you know? So I live in this place where the dandelions are so abundant and they're so amazing for digestive health, for liver health, for the gut microbiome, for skin. Like if we, if everyone just stopped spraying dandelions and ate dandelions, I think that alone could transform the health in this country. It's kind of wild to think like our medicine is, it's sitting right there. It's growing just right there in the crack in the sidewalk. Hey, if you're struggling with your body image, I have something for you. It's a free body gratitude meditation that I designed to help you shift your attitude about your body from one of criticism to one of gratitude and appreciation for all that it does. Because your body is so much more than its weight and shape. And experiencing body love and acceptance, it's an inside job. Click the link in the show notes to access the meditation and begin to cultivate a new perspective about that miracle body of yours. The poor dandelion, which gets such a bad rap as this weed that we need to remove and get rid of. And all along, it's just, you know, right there in our face, waiting to support us if we would only listen, see yes. it, actually see it and feel it. It's so interesting, too. I, As you're talking, I didn't realize how much these plants were working with the energy. 
and obviously as a Reiki master, I love energy and energy work and it's such an important component of healing. And I think a lot of times we think of food as just something that's physical, that the physical body digests. But can you speak a little bit more about how the plants can interact with like the subtle energy of the body? Because I know that's how flower essence works, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um flower essences work on a purely vibrational level. So they it was this system that was developed in the early 1900s by a doctor in England, Dr. Bach, and he realized the undercurrent, the underpinning of all physical illness is actually emotional imbalances and emotional struggles. And that all, all these different flowers he identified can work with these different emotional states. And he realized if you help clear up the emotional struggles, people's health transforms. And so they don't necessarily need any future interventions. They just, you know, just working with the flowers oftentimes um, helped people to feel better. So that's something that I come back to again and again, like what is the simplest solution, you know, rather than going to these extremes, like what instead of you know doing like having a surgery or taking a medication which yes do that if that is what is the right thing to do for you but if you don't need to do that maybe taking an herb or more simply maybe just changing your diet or maybe going for a walk each day before 10 a.m you know just doing little taking the simplest path. And so flower essences, I, I love because they are just a very simple, gentle option. It's basically water, a bowl of water, and you set flowers in the water and allow the sun to penetrate the flowers. And basically the flower just shares its message with the water. It's it sounds pretty far out, but I see it work with animals, with infants. And I think there is, there can be the power of placebo and the power of intention. You know, if you say, oh, I'm working with this flower essence for courage and you take it four times a day, just a reminder, I'm going to be more courageous there is a magic to that. But even if you don't know how to set an intention, like dogs don't set intentions, they just are wonderful. But they, you know, they can work, you can work with the flower essence with an animal, with elders, with infants, with children. So I I love flower essences because they're so gentle and there's no contraindications. You can't overdose on a flower essence. And I want to also be very clear a flower essence is dramatically different than an essential oil sometimes they get confused and they are very different so an essential oil you are taking hundreds of pounds of a plant and it is being distilled down into this extremely concentrated oil which is basically like if you had like if you were to you know, put a drop of essential oil on your skin. That's almost like taking a thousand pounds of roses and like smearing that onto your skin. So it is like extremely concentrated versus a flower essence is just water that flowers sat in. So I just like to be very clear that they're very different things. They both have the word essence in them, but they are very different. So flower essences are just the vibration of a plant and essential oils are a distillation of the plant that's extremely concentrated so for example I would not work with any essential oils for infants or children or elders or animals personally just because I I I work with limited essential oils but you can work with flower essences with anyone and they're just very gentle. So um, it was really interesting 
when you came into the shop and I don't, did you ask for a flower essence or you were, I did, did you say, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Cause a flower essence blend, which I had formerly when I was back home in New York in Woodstock, New York, I had stumbled upon a Reiki master who at the end of her session offered a flower essence blend. And so I had previously received a customized flower essence and I was just feeling this, this intuitive pull to get another one, especially to support me during this transition I've been going through, which has been a lot of emotions and heartache and also this, you know, reclamation of self. It's sort of been this death and rebirth and really wanting to, to blossom kind of with the flowers, I was feeling this like desire to blossom with a little boost from, from nature, you know, into this sort of next chapter of my life. So then I came in and, and requested a flower essence. And you were, you were the expert who supported me in that. It was so fun getting to work with you and connect with you. And yeah, thank you for just your honesty and sharing your vulnerability and sharing your story with me at the time. I mean, I think we only talked for a few, not a super long time, but it was enough to get the gist of kind of some of the layers of support that you were looking for. And I don't think I shared this with you, but right before you came in, I had just been looking at a couple of these essences and that happens oftentimes at the apothecary where I'll just be, I just love to read about flower essences. Uh, there's this wonderful book, Flower Essence Repertory by uh, Patricia Kaminsky and Rich Richard Katz. Oh my and gosh, it's, I have that book literally downstairs on my coffee table. It is such a fun book to I flip through. I opened it and read it, but it is like on my, ooh, when I like really can give some good time to this, I'm... I'm diving into that book. Oh, yes. It's it's a juicy one. It is so fun. Uh, and if it's okay to share, I'd love to just describe a few of the essences that uh, came to mind as we were working, because I feel like they could uh, correlate and be helpful for a lot of your audience as well, if that's okay to share a little yeah, bit about. Because, I mean, friend. that's part of what I was hoping we could share, because I think it's a great example for people who are still maybe, maybe this is the first time they're hearing about flower essence or their brain just really can't fully understand like how this would work or what some of the benefits could be. I think it would be a great to use me as an example. And I even have the bottle right here in my hand. So I'm looking at what you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> so what you have prescribed for me prescribed recommended, created, Suggest, suggested, <laughs> offered, <laughs> offered, there we go, was um, a blend of hibiscus, pretty face, porridge, is that how you say that? Mm -hmm. Bleeding heart, buttercup, and rock water. Ooh, yeah. Sounds really magical. Yeah. Oh, and it is. I, rock water is a really interesting essence. It's the only flower essence that is not from a flower. It's from water that flowed over rocks and from a special spring that's in, um, in England where the, there's an underground spring that's just very powerful, crystal clear water. And this is an essence that helps with any kind of rigidity or when people are feeling like they have rules for themselves and this is the way it needs to be, you know? And so oftentimes I, I see that with, um, with our connection to food, we'll create rules of, okay, I'm, this is allowed, this isn't allowed and creating rules for ourselves. And rock water is just, it creates flow and flexibility and spontaneity and receptivity. There's a giving and a receiving and just allows you to feel the pulse of life. It allows you to be water. And so I just, I'm so, <laughs> I love that you were, you took this essence and then you ended up moving to California. Like it's a wonderful essence for movement, flow, 
uh, and just breaking up any kind of rigidity in the body. Uh, it can also help if there are issues with constipation. That wasn't something we talked about in the in our consultation, but um, just if people are experiencing constipation, rock water is nice for just creating more flow in the body. Um, and then another one that I love is borage. You know, as we talked earlier about the grief of our culture, borage is uh, borago, and it used to be called corago, uh, which meant which means courage, and it helps to instill a sense of courage. It helps with uh, any kind of grief or a heavy heart um, when things just, you know, have that kind of like, oh, God, this just feels so heavy. And I don't recall exactly why you had a heavy heart. I think maybe there was like a breakup or a relationship or something. But, uh, but yeah, I just remember talking about uh, a little bit of a grief and coming to terms with things. And so borage is just this beautiful flower that pollinators love. They go berserk for, and it's this very like fuzzy little purple flower. And it just helps to bring in that buoyant heart, that courage and optimism that it's you know it's gonna work out it doesn't override it's not a spiritually bypassing flower essence there's no such thing the flowers will urge you to drop into your feelings to process them so sometimes yesterday I was working with someone and he was concerned that the flower essence blend that he wanted might make him more emotional. He's like, is this going to make me more emotional? And I was like, it might. It often times, if you're working with a flower essence, sometimes you'll take it and you'll start crying because there are things to work through. There's no going around. There's only through, you know, I'm sure you see that in your work all the time of just, you have to be in it and have a, once you can accept what's going on, then it can release and change. Absolutely. Um, I always say you have to feel it to heal it, which I think yeah. is a common phrase in, in all healing professions. But, you know, our work inside of my own group programs is to learn how to feel your feelings instead of feeding them. And that really is like, one of the biggest, most important tasks as we're working on, on this inner work is to, to your point, like fully be with the emotions and to accept them and to allow them with compassion and in doing so, then you liberate those from the body, right? It's like, then we can like actually process this from physical, mental, emotional fields and experience more spaciousness or peace or a sense of expansion. But you're never going to get there if you don't first feel what's what's inside. Mm -hmm. Yes, so true. Um, which brings me to another essence, buttercup, which helps us to release our attachment to uh, needing recognition and thereby we become undeniably magnetic. Like we stop needing things to be a certain way or grasping for things from other people. And it just brings in this confident, self-assured inner light and self-worth. Like it is this self-acceptance essence that is just like, oh, wait, I'm a goddess. And my work is so valuable. And so it just helps to bring in, yeah, a little bit more of that self-acceptance, love, self-worth, self-recognition. And I, I love Buttercup. It's especially helpful if people are struggling with, if, you know, like if they're, if they feel like people aren't giving them any acknowledgement it helps you to release that desire for acknowledgement and 
build your own self-acknowledgement that, oh, actually what I'm doing is valuable. And then it just, yeah, it's just undeniably magnetic. So I, I love Buttercup for if people are needing just a little boost of confidence, especially related to their work in the world, it helps other people to just be magnetically drawn to what they offer, what you offer. Which I love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I see this so much, not just within myself, but so many of the women I work with where they, we all really have been conditioned in some ways to be seeking that external validation. And so many women I work with realize at some point, oh, my whole life, like I've continued to try and be who I thought I was supposed to be to get that approval and that validation. And, and then there's this moment of, oh, shoot. Who, who am I? Like, who do I get to be when I'm no longer attached to needing that? Mm. And I love, especially for me, that this buttercup essence, like, supported me in, like, harnessing that internal power and that, like, deeper knowing of, of worth and value independent of, of the external world. Mm. It feels so empowering just as you're speaking and about that magnet magnetism that comes from that. Like, I think every woman wants to feel magnetic in her life. And yeah. so to know that we can just take a few drops of this beautiful flower water to support us and embodying that it's like, this is why I'm so excited about this and why <laughs> I want to share this with everyone, because it's such a beautiful tool that we all can take advantage of. Mm, oh my gosh, absolutely. It's so fun. And so it's just such a fun tool to work with it. I love to take a flower essence and then just meditate and notice how it feels in the body. Um, I love how this is so subtle compared to, you know, sometimes the more notorious plant medicines, like people who are doing ayahuasca and psychedelics, it's like, those are these like mega profound, typically healing experiences but this is really super soft and subtle like a gentle maybe not always gentle i've had the emotional release that comes from flower essence and that you know Mm -hmm. that can be a little intense but in general it's a softer experience yeah yeah definitely i think i again in my teach in my education it was always just nourish 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 before purging and then you never need to purge like you just nourish like just keep nourishing adding in like moisture moisture adding more moisture add in more like just good like oh and then you you don't need to take these extreme uh steps so that's that's my own personal preference but um but yeah sometimes it can be extreme too you know you'll take a bleeding heart for example which was in your formula it is that one can really cause a profound emotional experience for people um because it's all about emotional freedom if you've been in the shackles of a relationship that's enshrined in fear, need, possessiveness, any kind of codependence, whether this is a relationship with a person or a substance or just uh, an emotion, it helps, it like releases those shackles of uh, possessive codependent relationships. And so it leaves you with this open heart and true space for true love but it can be it can really cause some emotional shifts you know because that's a total in order to go from that place to the new place is a huge transition and so or it can be it can be a huge transition and so yeah, I, I see with bleeding heart, sometimes it does cause some profound emotional release. Hibiscus as well is, ooh, that is a spicy, fun flower essence. So that's for our sacred sensuality. Again, getting into the flow of life, 
warming things up, getting into your root chakra. This is like a sex creativity, like just a sacred sensual, sacred sensual essence that just drops us into the body and really reminds us to be embodied. You know, it's that like spicy ginger cacao, just mm, getting in there. So hibiscus really brings us into our creative zone and uh, gets us deeply embodied into our, our sensual self. The way that you describe these essences is so activating. Like it, I really feel sort of the, their essence as you're talking, um, which is pretty fun to feel. And I'm curious with, for example, hibiscus, because that's probably more common in the grocery stores as mm-hmm. flavor beverage. If something is a hibiscus flavor, will that carry similar healing properties or it really requires the essence it's controversial. I think a plant says what it's going to say in all of its forms. So like Matthew Wood, he'll take tinctures in drop doses where he'll take one drop of a tincture. And it is not the plant constituents that are doing the work. It is the energy of the plant. So I would say you can have a hibiscus tea and connect to that sensuality. I mean, it is a delicious, enlivening, refreshing, like taste and flavor and the essence of that plant. I mean, it just like opens up in this beautiful way. So my belief is that working with the plant in any form, you can connect to what it wants to say. Some people are purists and they say, no, you have to work with the flower essence. And that's the only way to connect with it. And it has to be done in this very specific way. But I, I celebrate, I feel, and I celebrate the plants in all their different forms. I love drinking a hibiscus tea and I love taking a hibiscus flower essence or a tincture. So I think there's, I think any way that you start to notice yourself in dialogue and in relationship with a plant, that's, that's a good time. So I, (laughs) I celebrate however people feel drawn and connected to the plants. Right. And that's more accessible for, for many people, right? Yes, live next to the apothecary, or maybe don't have access to these sorts of medicinal properties. It's you could still begin this practice of deepening that connection and that relationship with plants in in any form. So there's invitation to not be avoidant of this just because you maybe don't have an apothecary in your neighborhood. Mm, Yes, I invite you to do whatever feels good for you. Sit in the grass, you know, get down on your belly and just notice all the plants that are in that one square inch of soil. Notice the spices in your cabinet. Notice the herbs in your little pouch of tea. You know, add some things to your plate of food whatever way feels, make a flower arrangement, whatever way feels good for you. I think connecting to the plants is so beneficial for us and for the plants. The plants need us to advocate for them, to garden them, to share their wonders with each other. So I think we, we need each other. The plants need us and we need the plants. And so any way we can connect, I celebrate that. I love that. I'm right here celebrating with you. <laughs> Let's go back to something that you, you said, which I think was pretty profound and I don't want to skip over it, especially with a lot of the listeners who have struggled with usually some form of disordered eating. And you said, nourish first before purge. And for me personally, you know, I did have bulimia. And so I was actually purging because not just because, but one reason was I was not actually nourishing my body. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's this um, feeling of guilt around nourishing the body or it's wrong to eat, like this is bad, I shouldn't be doing this. And so it's sort of a two-part question. I would love to hear sort of your just general philosophy on nourishment, how you conceptualize or approach food and eating in a way that feels super nourishing for you. And secondly, I'm curious just um, if there are any herbs or flower essences in particular that might be supportive for women with eating disorders, if anyone listening is struggling with one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that question. That's so beautiful. I think um, one that comes to mind as you're speaking, pine. I often joke, if we could just put pine flower essence in the water instead of fluoride, our culture would be so much better because pine is for guilt and shame and feelings that we've done something wrong, that we're wrong. And pine flower essence comes in and is just this loving, all accepting essence that is like, you know what? You're wonderful. Every little cell of you is wonderful. And yeah, maybe that wasn't the thing to do. Whatever. Moving, this is a moving ahead situation. We can't, you know, live in the past. So pine really brings in this just fresh, beautiful reminder of total self-acceptance and love and releases guilt and shame and fear. And it just brings in this confidence and resilience. So pine is, oh, pine is my favorite. I love pine flower essence. I could see as you're describing that how beneficial it could be because there's also for you know, my experience with binging and purging is after the eating episode, I'd be flooded with guilt and shame for the disordered behavior, which followed the guilt and shame for what I was eating or how much I was eating. And I had a period where I was so obsessive about eating quote unquote perfectly, which you pointed to earlier, that rigidness that the rock Mm. water helps to dissolve, which is like, this is right and good. And this is bad. And if I eat anything bad, if I eat roasted nuts that aren't raw. If I eat fried food, you know, that hasn't been grilled. It's like all these rules around what healthy was supposed to look like that everything I eat made me feel bad. Right. And so it sounds like pine would actually help with both the initial guilt and shame and then the subsequent guilt and shame that comes after, you know, trying to undo, I say that in quotes, undo what we, I perceived as this really bad eating behavior. And so for you, what would you say is your nutrition philosophy personally? Eat food, like whatever keeps you alive and helps you feel good. Um, And that's, you know, that's been a journey for me as well. Um, You know, I came from a family of emotional eaters And, you know, my mom was very heavy and ate emotionally a lot. And so it's kind of been learning to uh, find food that feels good for me. So for me, I like a lot of vegetables, high quality meat, drizzling tons of olive oil and healthy fats on everything, adding in, you know, fish oil and lots of herbal vinegars and sprinkles and salt. So I just, I'm trying to get like a rainbow of food on my plate. And one of my friends taught me this beautiful practice that your listeners might enjoy. And she just, before she eats anything, she puts her hands over the bowl and as though she was saying om, she just says, yum. And I've started to do this. And it's, I feel like it's kind of like, you know, you'll send Reiki to your food. And it also helps you notice, like when I say that to my food, 
and I look at it and I notice it, does it feel like it would nourish me? Does it, when I say yum, does it feel like, oh, that's, was that a sarcastic yum? Like, that's not really yummy. So, you know, it just helps you to notice, tune into your inner knowing and your inner wisdom of like, is this, does this feel good for me right now? And gives a little moment of mindfulness and attunement with the plants. And to me, it's like everything happens in that yum, like yum, like I notice the food, I'm giving gratitude for it, I'm excited about it, I'm paying attention to it. I'm connecting with it. It's reminding me to absorb all the beautiful nutrients from the food and to give thanks to all the plants and animals and people that helped make that food possible on my plate. Uh, It honors me taking time to make food for myself, you know, so it's just, I think that can be a nice practice that may potentially transform food for people. I think I love it so much, especially because, you know, we were talking about connecting with plants and nature in your home. And this is such a beautiful way to also connect to the food on your plate, right before you eat it. And additionally, right, your sort of guidance was, as you start to have this curiosity and explore the personalities and the life force of the plants around you that you're really listening to your body and starting to notice how your body responds to peppermint or ginger and these different plants that you begin to consume and so we get to apply that same level of curiosity but also tuning into the body to begin to to listen to Mm -hmm. notice how does my body respond to this food on the plate does this actually feel aligned or yummy or desirable and for me a big part of of my mission is to invite women to enjoy their food again that Mm. eat and have it be rigid and just food as fuel that it's meant to be pleasurable and enjoyable and this feels like such a fun way to begin to set that intention for yourself at mealtime so thank you for sharing this i love that practice yeah my pleasure Yeah, I hope that's helpful. It feels like it's been a transformative little practice for me and it's so simple. So I like adding in a simple thing when you can to just help things pull together. Yeah, and that's one of the big takeaways from this conversation is that simple and subtle can actually be so transformative over time and in the long run. Yeah. And there's, I mean, I could talk to you for hours about this. There's just so (laughs) knowledge that we could tap into that you have about all sorts of plants and it's been such a delight to to talk to you today about this i am curious for anyone who's listening who is as curious and lit up about this as i am and you are how they could connect with you or if you offer any courses or freebies that they could go access now to begin to start their journey making this connection to plants Yes. Oh my gosh, Sarah, thank you so much for all of your beautiful, thoughtful questions. And it's such a treat to get to sit with you and chat. And yes, I could talk all day. It's so fun to be with you. Um, And yeah, I would, I love supporting people and connecting with people in different ways. They can find my podcast. It's time in the studio podcast. Uh, you could find me on Instagram, Time in the Studio podcast as well. Um, and I do have a course that I just launched that is so fun. It's called Savor This Season. So it's about mindfulness, connecting to the season, and tying in flower essences, herb, herbal medicine, and basically making food your medicine and working with flower essences. Um, So teaching how to make different uh, teas and tinctures and yummy things in the kitchen and different self-care practices. So that just uh, began and I'm going to launch it again in January. So that'll be available in January for people if they want to do uh, the winter version of that. 
And I also offer uh, consultations one-on-one. I love working with people for three to six months is my preference um, because I just feel like it really helps to be able to work in a deeper way um, for a more sustained time. But I also do offer uh, single sessions if people just want to have a little taste. Um, and, and you can always connect with me on via email to set up a free little mini 15-minute consultation to see if we're a good match together. You can email me at sarah at adazia.com. That's S-A-R-A at A-I-D-A-Z-E-A.com. And then I do have a really fun little freebie for people. It's a tea ritual. So it's a few different uh, tea recipes if you want to make, but you could just make any kind of tea. And then it has a couple different meditations and writing exercises you can play with. Uh, So just a nice little moment of grounding, reflection, and playfulness to invite in a little bit more plant curiosity into your day. So fun. Well, we will include everything you just shared in the show notes so everyone can access it and, and find their way to you and connect with you in whatever way feels aligned for them, which I highly encourage, as I'm sure you're already well aware that there's just so much to learn from you and ways that we can benefit, especially if you're brand new to herbalism and plant essence and flower essence. So thank you, Sarah. It has been so fun. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's been such an honor and a delight. So thank you again, Sarah, as well. Thanks for tuning in to the Empowered Eating and Living Podcast. If you're feeling inspired to start your inner work journey to improve your food and eating issues, then check out my group mentorship and inner work program, Energize Your Life. This six-month container is a place where you can learn and receive support with me and my team, as well as connect with other women on a journey similar to yours. You don't have to do it alone. We're here to help. Visit sarahspears.com slash energize your life to learn more and enroll.